Greetings, listeners. This is Father Dan Ruff, S.J., a Jesuit Catholic priest who works in campus ministry at St. Joseph's University, Philadelphia's Jesuit University, and I'm delighted to welcome you to Roughly Speaking. Before returning to St. Joe's University as a campus minister, I served for seven years as the pastor of Old St. Joseph's, Philadelphia's Jesuit parish. During those years, I was lucky enough to have an old friend and a former colleague living nearby, with whom I could walk for an hour or so several mornings a week. It was an all-around good and useful habit. It provided regular aerobic exercise to keep me healthy, and it also provided a good chance for my friend and me to solve the world's problems. At some point, however, we noticed the intrusion of one of those problems into our walks themselves. I'm referring to what I will call noise pollution. As much as I enjoyed living in Center City, there was no getting away from the fact that ambient noise in the area is almost constant and at times distressingly loud. On any given day, one is apt to contend with the roar and the rumble of 18-wheelers, the rat-a-tat of jackhammers, and the low metallic bass thud of pile drivers. If you want to experience it yourselves locally at the university, just wait for the light to change at the crosswalk where Lapsley Lane crosses City Avenue and pay some attention to what you hear. Intrusive noise, of course, is not restricted to cities. A few years ago, the New York Times Magazine ran a cover story entitled Whisper of the Wild. That story reported on environmental scientists who literally searched to the ends of the earth for what they call refuges of natural sound. And they report that such places are increasingly difficult to find. As just one illustrative example, the story reported that between 2006 and 2012, 60 recording devices covering wide swaths of undeveloped land in Alaska were able to record only 36 complete days in which the sounds of an internal combustion engine of some sort were absent. Indeed, there's a growing movement among the environmentalists who conduct such research to start a movement to protect areas of natural sound as an endangered natural resource. The real problem, it seems to me, is that God created us to evolve and to adapt slowly, and our biology can't begin to catch up or keep up with our technology. Hence, most of us in the first world wear corrective lenses these days because our hunter-gatherer eyes haven't yet adapted to spending a great deal of time reading printed pages and now computer screens. We're also, at least in the West and certainly in the United States, prone to obesity because of the ready access to less healthy food and loads more of it than we need, and a largely sedentary lifestyle. As for the effects of information overload, visual overstimulation, and omnipresent loud noise, and how they affect our complex and delicate minds and bodies, well, the jury's still out. We're only beginning even to ask the right questions. Here's one thing we do know, though, however. A brief feature about the Jesuit Retreat Center in Wernersville, Pennsylvania, which ran in the Sunday Times a few years back, quickly produced a notable uptick in interest and inquiries, both for the Jesuit Center and for other retreat centers in the area. Apparently, part of what the inquirers are looking for, it appears, is a little bit of peace and quiet. As Christian columnist Phil Fox Rose once wrote on the Paulist website, Busted Halo, a website which is aimed at youth and young adults, quote, 
The paradox with meditation and other forms of silent prayer, especially with silent retreats, is that even though they are formless and goalless, they achieve something wonderful, something potentially transformative. They create space, physical and mental space, to become more open. Rose went on to acknowledge, however, that unaccustomed silence can be initially disconcerting and uncomfortable. As for why that might be so, he cites Father Jim Martin's Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. He says, we may fear silence because we fear what we might hear from the deepest parts of ourselves. We may be afraid to hear that still, small voice. What might it say? Might it ask us to change? This is the great power and the great challenge of silence. It can reveal truth. Or, more accurately, it takes away our ability to run from truth. End quote. And of course, it was Jesus himself who promised us that the truth will set you free. Hurrah then for the visionary William Penn, the founder of our own city of Philadelphia, our city of brotherly love, which he wanted to be a green country town, in his words, with a terrific system of parks which were intended to approximate the green farmlands of England which he loved. As a result, centuries later, even in Center City, there are havens like Washington Square and Rittenhouse Square, and Fairmont Park, where one can find relative quiet and at least partial escape from the grittier, noisier parts of town, where, in the words of the Jesuit Victorian poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, quote, all is seared with trade, bleared and smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. I quote again from Phil Fox Rose, find more opportunities to bring silence into your routine or, should I say, to remove noise from your routine. He says, I have absolutely nothing against technology. I've spent half of my career writing about it or developing it. And I myself have an iPod, an iPhone, an iPad, cable TV, and high-speed internet. So this is not about avoiding technology. It's about choosing how you use it. As John M. Sweeney says in his delightful book about monastic life and retreats, Cloister talks. It's not that it's wrong to live a busy secular life, but you're supposed to have more than that, and the more than that is supposed to eventually take prominence. So I make sure there's room for the more than that, which often involves silence in between things. Listeners, I encourage you this week, seek out some green near you and see if you can't find a little bit of silence in between. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Roughly Speaking. As Father Ruff and I continue to create more content and expand our reach, it's very important for us as a new podcast to get feedback from our listeners. So if you could, it would be great if you could leave a review, maybe a rating, and let us know what you think of these episodes. Again, it's very important for early podcasts to get that support. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we hope you come back in future weeks. See you soon.